Welcome to the Lake Show Life Podcast, part of the Fan Sided Podcast Network. Now, please welcome your host, Jason Reed. Welcome back to another episode of the Lake Show Life Podcast. As always, I am your host, Jason Reed, the acting side expert over at lakeshowlife.com, part of the Fan Sided Podcasting Network. Today, Thursday, excuse me, Friday, June 18th, 2021. And, you know, we had our, our morning period. It's been a few weeks here at the podcast. Um, nothing's really happened on the Lakers front. You know, again, a little inconsistent on the posting, but, you know, nothing really happened. Took some time to mourn to really look at the offseason as a whole and kind of bring you a a comprehensive podcast. I mean, well, one of many comprehensive podcasts. You know, I don't want to keep these shorter form, easy, easier to digest. Uh, throughout the off season, when things develop and whatnot, thus far, not much has developed in terms of the actual news front. Um, there was early speculation that Andre Drummond maybe was part of the Lakers' long-term plans. Um, besides that, some reports that Kyle Kuzma, you know, the Lakers could be looking to trade him. But besides that, nothing concrete. You know, obviously the off season hasn't officially started yet. The playoffs are still going on, but. You know, there's been a lot that happened in the NBA. We know we have some coach firings, which is Frank Vogel safe? Uh, Ron Agers um, prompted that question in an article he recently posted. I think he's safe personally, but who knows? With all these coaches that are being let go, fired, you know, resigning, um, who knows what the future holds for the Lakers coaching? And we have that. We have the Kemba Walker trade, which kind of bad timing because that was something I wanted to talk about on this podcast and why the Lakers, in my mind, were a perfect fit for a Kemba Walker trade. Um, instead he's getting shipped to the OKC Thunder for Al Horford. You know, there's some picks involved and there's people clowning the Celtics. Look, as a Lakers fan, you know, you love to clown the Celtics, but I actually thought it was a fine trade. Yeah. They traded Kemba and the 16th pick, but they got back, you know, a better contract, more financial flexibility. And Kemba just wasn't a fit on this team. His injury problems are a concern. The Thunder add yet another draft pick. Um, don't really understand the Thunder. You know, they they add these draft picks, which is great. But, like, what's the long-term goal here? Because adding a bunch of picks in the middle of the first round isn't really going to, like, change, you know, the course of your franchise. Um, unless, you know, they strike gold. And maybe that's the thing. It's just there's so many picks. Hopefully they strike gold on one of them. But I, I don't know. They, I mean, they traded away Moses Brown, who is a promising young player. And it's like, okay, so you trade a promising young player for the 16th overall pick. Like, Moses Brown is in the league, and he's, you know – Someone who's, you know, played minutes and is pretty, you know, decent. He's a pretty decent player. Um, and to just trade him away, I, I I don't know. I don't For a 16th pick, when the goal is to get young players, I don't know. Maybe they evaluate him less than I do. But going to talk about a Kemba trade. Obviously not going to now because, you know, Kemba's already been traded. So, you know, first touch on the things that have been reported. Andre German, part of the Lakers' future plans. I think that was kind of, I don't want to say misreporting, but I don't think that's something that's worth anything significant um, from the minute and Andre Drummond joined the team. It seemed like, you know, he was a one year, you know, rental, half a season rental, quarter of a season rental. Um, he just doesn't, he's going to get paid too much. Uh, I said this before in the podcast, but he's going to get, you know, maybe a mid-level exception. You know, Tristan Thompson got what, two years, 19 million last year. He's going to get somewhere around that. Maybe that he gets the MLE. Maybe he gets a two year, 20 million, two year, 17 million, something like that. The Lakers just don't have the money to spend that much on him. They don't have the bird rights on Andre Drummond. And really, when he's just clogging the lane for LeBron James, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, the Lakers need to commit to playing Anthony Davis at the five more. They're probably not going to do that, but that's the best you know course for the team and just get one backup center. Will they do that? Probably not. Um, so I've always thought Drummond is good as gone unless his market just completely dissipates and there's no one that wants to sign him and he just runs it back with the Lakers. 
you know, and if he does, he's going to get a minimum contract, something close to the minimum, which he told a commenter on Instagram who said you should sign with the minimum for the Lakers to stay in L.A. He told them he was they were drunk. So uh, it does not appear that Drummond wants to take a pay cut. He is not going to take a pay cut to stay with the Lakers. And, you know, so unless, his, like I said, his market just completely dissipates, which is definitely possible. Um, Drummond's not, you know, hugely popular. Um, you know, he just doesn't fit today's NBA. No one wanted to trade for him. Granted, that was for $30 million plus. Now this is something much less. Maybe a team does sign him for the Tristan Thompson numbers, or maybe they look at how bad Tristan Thompson was for the Celtics and like, why do we keep doing this? You know, why are we paying these guys when we could just go pay someone like, you know, Dwight Howard $2 million to do the same thing? Now, will teams be smart enough to not do that? Probably not, because as we've seen year in, year out, teams make bad decisions, um, especially you know, when they're getting pressure from the ownership group and whatnot. The second reported thing, Kyle Kuzma being potentially being traded, I think this is absolutely spot on, on the money, going to happen. Um, I wrote an article on Lake Show Life a few weeks ago now why it's more likely that Kyle Kuzma is going to get traded now than ever. Um, and it's simply his contract. You know, you look at it and you look at the extension he signed and many people look at the extension and they're like, oh, he's locked down three more years. That means he's not going to be traded. The Lakers are buying in on him. Maybe there's some truth to that. Maybe the Lakers, you know, signed that extension. And they were like, hey, you know, last season, hey, if he shows these these steps last season or this this season, if he shows the steps that we want him to take develops as a player, boom, we have him for three more years. Good as gold, thirteen million will be a, a great value for him if he takes a huge step up because he kind of has to take a huge step up. He's at the point of the career where he is who he is. Um, this happens to guys in every sport. It happens in baseball, football, basketball, soccer, hockey, all these sports. At some point, you become who you are. Now, four years in the league, he's going to be twenty-six next year. That's still very young, but in NBA years, it's really not. Um, you know, you look at it like leagues like the NFL, you know, it's like they age quicker. In NBA, there's just so many young players that at one point, at some point, you are who you are. You know, he's not Brandon Ingram. He's not, you know, he, Brandon was much younger and then he broke out. He's not even Julius Randle. Julius Randle showed the signs. You know, Julius Randle at this point of his career, you know, was much, there was much more potential there than Kyle Kuzma. He at least showed the signs. Kyle Kuzma has not shown those signs. He's kind of shown the signs of being the guy who he is. And, I mean, we look at Julius Randle. Julius Randle's a year older than Kyle Kuzma. So even that comparison doesn't really stand up. Um, you know, yeah, he was four years in. You might have put, you know, Randle in similar pedigree as Kuzma, but he was also three years younger. Kuzma's at the point of his career where he was kind of now or never. I just don't think it's going to happen with the Lakers. Maybe he can go to a garbage team and put great garbage time numbers, and that's a way for him to kind of blossom. Maybe. But with the Lakers, it's just not going to happen. So you look at it, and you look at the $13 million, and suddenly he becomes a very tradable player because the problem in the past was that his contract was simply too small. He was on his rookie deal. You know, he was making 2 $3 million, whatever it was. And to trade him to get a true upgrade, you would have to package him with someone. You'd have to package him with Danny Green. You know, that was the rumor two years ago. You'd have to package him with KCP. You'd have to package him with this, package him with that. And are you really upgrading if you're trading two rotation players for one? Maybe not, unless you're getting a superstar. But no one's going to trade a superstar for KCP, Danny Green, and Kyle Kuzma. It's just not going to happen. As much as, you know, some outlets want to say that that's going to happen, it's not going to happen. Um, Kuzma just doesn't have that much value. And that's another misconception is this whole thing that the Pelicans, you know, it was between like they, the Lakers could have kept Ingram instead of Kuzma or Ball instead of Kuzma. That's just not the case. I mean, Kuzma was very obviously the third best. And the one guy they could have kept instead of Kuzma was Josh Hart. I think they could have done that same deal, done Kuzma instead of Hart, and maybe even got away with like a, a different pick swap or something because I think Kuzma did have more value than Josh Hart at the time. Um, but that was the level that Kuzma was on. Laker fans, unfortunately, have always elevated Kuzma to this high level like he's some budding prospect. He's just not. 
Um, he had a great rookie year. He was, you know, in terms of scoring, but that was about it. I mean, his second season too, he went up in scoring, but he was the classic, you know, inefficient, just take up a lot of shots, bad team, big numbers guy. And we've seen those guys time and time again, and they never develop into like this super good, you know, asset. And even just watching Kuzma, if you watch him, the eye test, you know, he doesn't pass the eye test of this superstar, this guy who's going to develop even to an all-star caliber player, like, you know, the likes of, um, you know, Brandon Ingram, Julius Randle, even Lonzo Ball has that potential. So, yeah, Kuzma, he was never going to be that guy. I think the Lakers now know that. And I don't blame them for not giving up on him sooner. They won a title with him. Um, he's made some improvements here and there. He hasn't been detrimental to the team. But it comes a point where if you can make an upgrade, you make an upgrade. So Kuzma at $13 million, you can suddenly trade him for one year of a, of a rotation player to a, a non-contending team. Um, someone like, and this is just throwing out names, like a Ricky Rubio, and some people might roll their eyes at that, but Ricky Rubio is that second playmaker. He's under contract one year. You flip those three years of Kuzma for one year. Rubio, boom, you have more cap space next summer. You get someone, you get that second playmaker. You get someone who fits with the Lakers better and someone who arguably is better. Now, is Rubio arguably better than Kuzma? I mean, who's to say? That's just a name I threw off off the top of my head. Um, I really like the idea of a Kuzma, Dennis Schroeder sign and trade for Kemba Walker. That's not going to happen now. Um, you know, so it's, it's going to be something along the lines of Kuzma for one year, maybe two years of a veteran who's on the same playing field. And it's just going to be a, a younger team that wants to get that younger asset, get him in control for three years. And that's going to be it. And again, that's why Kemba made perfect sense because the Celtics would have got two assets that are easier to move than the one bad asset. But I digress. They got Al Horford instead, whether or not that's the right move, who knows? But I mentioned Schroeder sign and trade. That's another thing that could happen this offseason. I think it's inevitable. Um, I think when you look at Schroeder's situation, I don't think the Lakers should bring him back. He's not a fit on this team. I've preached this before. I've preached this again. You can go back, listen to the previous podcast, read my articles on why I don't think Schroeder is a great fit on this team and why the Lakers should move on. Okay, that's that's done. And you look at the market. Schroeder's market isn't going to be as – he's not going to get the, the offer that the Lakers were going to offer him, the, tw- the four years, $84 million. Um, The teams with cap space, there's very few that have enough cap space you know, heading into this offseason, of course, there's going to be teams that manipulate the numbers and, you know, do this and do that to free up cap space. But there's not a lot, whole lot of teams that have a lot of cap, cap space, and they're not going to spend it on Dennis Schroeder. Like, he's just not as that. He's not one of the top guys in the free agent class. He wasn't great for the Lakers last year. And look, he got traded. The Hawks traded him for Carmelo Anthony just to cut Carmelo Anthony, just to free up the money for multiple years. Ended up being a great move for the Hawks. But no team wanted Schroeder then. The only trade they could get for him was a Carmelo Anthony trade. I, I just don't see, you know, and the, the Thunder traded him for Danny Green in a first-round pick and then flipped Danny Green for Al Horford in a first-round pick, and now they flipped Al Horford for – so I guess you could say they got Kemba Walker for Dennis Schroeder in the long term of things, but at the time it was like, okay, we're trading Schroeder for, you know, to take on a big salary and get two mid-first-round to late-first-round picks. Like, his value just isn't that great. So, you know, teams aren't going to want to pay that much for him now and then the lakers you know they, that's not a fit now you could make the case though if a team has multiple years of a guy that doesn't fit well with them or they don't want to lose an asset sign and trade schroeder lakers utilize their bird rights to sign schroeder to a three-year 20 million dollar deal whatever it is three 60 million 20 per year trade him to a team that has a similar contract that wants off the team isn't a fit on the team whatever the case may be that's a little bit different than a team just paying dennis schroeder because in the nba you have to keep your assets you absolutely have to keep them because you could turn those assets into future assets. You can't, it's terrible to just lose the asset. That's why it was terrible when the Lakers didn't trade Julius Randle and let him walk away. That's why it's going to be terrible if the Lakers didn't trade THT and they let him walk away. I don't think they're going to, but it is a possibility. You want to keep the asset. So the Lakers, 
they keep the asset of the money because it's paid Dennis Schroeder or it's paid nobody. As long as they stay under the hard cap, they could pay Schroeder, you know, 20 to 25 million because of the bird rights. They can't just offer that to a free agent. However, if they offer that to Schroeder, they could, you know, sign that contract, trade it for a similar contract. And essentially that money they can only spend on Schroeder is now being spent on someone else. And for the other team, again, they keep an asset. If there's a free agent, maybe it's a, a, a sign and trade swap. We've seen those before. D'Angelo Russell to the Warriors, Kevin Durant to the Nets is a recent example. Um, maybe it's a player, it's one year of a player who wants out and that team wants to keep the asset for multiple years and eventually trade Schroeder down the line. So it's three years of Schroeder for one year of this guy. That could be something that, a, a you know, a bad team even wants to do. You know, a bad team could be look at it and be like, hey, we're not going to contend. Let's get Dennis Schroeder. He's going to thrive on our team. He's going to put up big numbers because that's when Schroeder puts up big numbers is when he's a high usage rate guy. We're going to get some contending team to look at him and be like, okay, we need him. And then we're going to trade, you know, assets for him. And then we get more assets for Schroeder instead of letting this guy walk or whatever the case may be. So... That's, you know, that's the situation you're looking at. And teams are going to look at the long-term things with a sign-and-trade with Dennis Schroeder. So that's why I think Schroeder's going to get sign-and-trade because it makes sense for the Lakers to spend the money they can only spend on him. It makes sense for Schroeder because this is the only way he could truly make as much as he wants to make. And he's probably not going to hit that $84 million mark that they already offered. And he's just not a great fit. If the Lakers just straight-up re-sign Schroeder, I think that's a bad move. I do not think they should run it back with the threesome of Schroeder, LeBron, and Anthony Davis. Obviously, LeBron and Anthony Davis should stay, but Schroeder's just not the right person to be the third-best guy. He's not a fit. He's not that secondary playmaker. He's a ball-stopping point guard. That's what he is, and that's not what you need on this team. Um, he, I've said it before, and I, I didn't want to dive into it too much, but Dennis Schroeder is the kind of guy who is going to thrive when he has an extremely high usage rate. That is why he was so good. I don't want to say so good, but that's why he was much better when Anthony Davis and LeBron James were hurt because he could have that high usage rate. Now, how good were the Lakers during that period? Not very good. And my argument has always been, if you are a team that has Dennis Schroeder getting a 30% usage rate, you're probably not a very good basketball team. I thought this changed last year when he played with the Thunder. Great year as a six-man. I was like, okay, he's kind of gone away from this mold. But I'm going to be honest. Obviously, I didn't watch enough Thunder games because he fit into the exact same mold this year. It's not a, it's not a surprise that you know he put up his worst year, you know, not worst year, but a negative year, you know, Less usage rate, 22.9%. It's the lowest of his career since his since his rookie season. And you look at those Atlanta years when he was putting on his quote-unquote best numbers, 27% usage rate, 28.8, 27.8, 30.4. And then in OKC, it went down to 24.2, 27.2. And, you know, it's, it's just it, – he's not a fit. He's not a fit on this team. And even on that Thunder team, he was good, but it wasn't a great team. This is a team that's contending for the title. And in the playoffs, I just don't think Schroeder's someone who's going to help you very much. Um, so I, I think that's why he should walk away. Sign and trade makes the best sense, but I don't know. Maybe the Lakers just re-sign him and then try to move him at the deadline. That's that would be the optimistic outlook. If the plan is three years of Schroeder, that's just a bad plan. For the rest of the team, I mean, you look at it. Montrez Harrell has a player option. I think he's good as gone. I think, you know, he his tenure with the Lakers didn't end very well. He wasn't getting playing time in the playoffs. He he was very vocal about it on social media, and I think he's going to opt out of that deal. You know, not make the eight point five not. $9 million, and he's going to sign another two-year deal that's pretty much pays him the exact same but gives him another year. And he's a guy who would benefit from signing on a bad team or a fringe playoff team, you know, a team that might be an eighth seed, seventh, sixth seed, you know, maybe in the east, um, because he could put up big numbers and get eyeballs on him and play for his next contract. You know, that's what I thought he was going to do. That's what it seemed like he was doing with the Clippers, and then, I mean, the Clippers were better, but – you know, before the Clippers got good, but then he only got the MLE, so maybe he can't really play up his value that much. But I think he's good as gone, and, you know, it is it is what it is. He's fun to watch in the regular season, but he was an issue in the playoffs. 
I still stand by that I think they could have managed his defense better and they could have schemed him better if they had the right pieces around him. You know, I think they should have played him more as a four. You know, I think Trez in – or it could be Trez at the five, AD at the four, but AD's guarding the five, you know. I think that had potential on the matchup. I think if you have, you know, Harrell playing the four, Davis essentially operating as the five, even though Harrell would technically be the five. It doesn't matter. Just tell AD he's the four so he doesn't get mad. Have AD guard Jokic and have Harrell guard, you know, whoever just, you know, not Aaron Gordon maybe, but just whoever, you know, the, the worst forward of the two. And then you have LeBron and Aaron Gordon, whatever the case is, or whoever the matchup is, I should say. That's fine. Like, I, I don't think that's a bad thing. I think Harrell could have guarded Jay Crowder more than he did. He didn't really play much. Um, so I think that's kind of something they could have done and they just didn't do it, especially because AD can stretch the floor. And I think that was kind of, I thought that was the goal with Marcus Gasol. You have Marcus Gasol at the five, plays solid defense, can stretch the floor. And then you have Harrell as the bruiser down low and the Lakers could have really manipulated at a size advantage and they just never did. Um, you know, they tried it in the regular season here and there and just didn't work. Um, I wish they would have tried it more, but this team has never found out their rotation. That was why they lost in the first round of the playoffs after winning the title, nonetheless. Um, so Harrell's probably good as gone. Wes Matthews. I mean, he was really disappointing last year. I wouldn't be totally shocked if they re-signed him to a one-year, you know, vet minimum deal again, um, just for the depth purposes. I do think he needs to play a lesser role, and they need to bring in an improvement for his minutes because if if they're running back with Wes Matthews having the same role, that's probably not a great thing because he wasn't very good last year. His defense was fine. I don't think his offense, his shooting especially, wasn't great. Uh, Caruso is a priority. I think he gets re-signed. I think the Lakers might have to, you know, burn their MLE on him. I think he's getting three years 20 to 25 million again that's right in the MLE range maybe a little bit more um they might have to burn it on that but they got to bring back uh Caruso actually they won't use the MLE because they have bird rights on them they could use the MLE on someone else bird rights on uh Caruso uh THT restricted free agent there was speculation that someone could offer him a poison pill contract there's a lot of potential there but I don't know if other teams in the league are going to want to take that big of a risk on someone they haven't had in their building so I'm optimistic that THT is safe but I, I'm not 100% certain. I wouldn't be shocked if he gets a, an offer that from another team that the Lakers simply can't match. Um, that being said, there's not a whole lot of cap space, so the Lakers might be fine there. It would hurt if, you know, THT does sign somewhere else um, after, you know, the Lakers didn't trade him. And, hey, I, I, maybe they sign and trade him too. Maybe it's a sign and trade shooter in THT and they could, and a first-round pick, and they could get someone that, one year of someone who's actually like a borderline all-star or an all-star, you know? That was the trade for Kyle Lowry, so maybe they get someone of Kyle Lowry's caliber. Maybe Kyle Lowry does a sign-and-trade. I, I don't know if the, the Raptors take Schroeder, THT, and a pick for Kyle, Row Kyle Lowry, but if Lowry's going to leave anyways, maybe that's the move. I, I hate doing these like trades where because that does seem a little unrealistic, if I'm being honest, but maybe it's the case of Lowry wanting to help Toronto out and Toronto taking whatever they can get, and that's what they can get. You know, And he can kind of use his leverage and be like, I want to go to the Lakers, make this happen. You can get assets for it. And if not, I'm not going to sign a trade. A lot of things have to line up for that to be the case, you know. But who knows? Maybe that's it. Maybe they redo the trade from midseason, but they do it now. And the Lakers are like, oh, maybe we should have done it back then. Now we'll do it because we could sign Kyle Lowry to a three-year deal. And he would be a perfect, you know, third star for this team. So there's potential there. Um, I think that's actually, it's actually kind of intriguing. Um, besides that, I mean... This team just needs an overhaul. I think KCP, you know, I, I don't think he gets traded. I don't think he's necessarily safe from being traded. Um, I wrote an article about why that's the case. I think the only two that are safe from being traded that are not free agents is AD and LeBron James. Um, Gasol, I think he sticks around unless he just retires or wants off the team, but like doesn't show up and wants off the team. But I don't see the point of getting rid of him 
and his money owed, you're going to have to pay him anyways. And yeah, you could save a little bit of money if you do a buyout, whatever the case is. But I, I don't think there's just no point. Just keep the veteran depth. Even if he's playing 10 minutes a game in the regular season, like it's good to have depth. It's good to have that veteran. And if he's happy and he wants to stay, you know, we didn't know if he was always happy last season, but if he wants to stay, there's no point in getting rid of him. Um, you know, let him use the roster spot. Um, you have 13 of them after all. Besides that, I mean, it's, it's just, this is going to be an interesting off season because like off season, there's going to be a lot of changes. There's going to be a lot of roster overhaul and next year's team is probably going to look a lot different from this year's team. And we have to hope they stay healthy. Yeah. They get a longer off season, LeBron and Anthony Davis. That's good in that regard, but you got to hope they get healthy. You got to hope they mesh well. And you got to hope they figure out the rotations because if this happens again next year and it's a bunch of new guys and they don't play, play together enough, the same thing is going to happen in the first round of the playoffs. It's just inevitable. Um, so that's kind of the hope because there's going to be a lot of roster turn, uh, turnover. I don't think we're going to – or there's not going to be a lot of roster turnover. I don't think we're going to see a, a similar version of this team that we saw last season. And I think Laker fans should buckle up, be ready. Um, NBA draft, you know, that's the next thing coming. If they trade the pick for Lowry, obviously they wouldn't have a pick. If they don't trade the pick, I like the idea of Chris Duarte if he's there out of Oregon. That's like the guy. If he's not there, then I'm like, okay, there's, I'm not really excited about anyone else in the, in the high 20s other than Chris Duarte. Great defender, great three-point shooter. He's exactly what this team needs out of a two-guard, uh, combo guard, really. He could play um, good size. He could play combo guard with LeBron James, I should say, because he's not like a traditional playmaking point guard. Um, but you could roll KCP and him next to each other, and that would be really good. Um, and he's, you know, he's older. He's, like, coming in the league at, like, 24, so he's going to come into the league, you know, closer to his ceiling. So kind of like Kuzma where his ceiling's lower, but he's better right out of the gate than someone like a Brandon Ingram, a freshman, a one-and-done player. That's the guy I want to see the Lakers get. What, look at his tape. Watch him. Read about him. We wrote an article about him. He's great. That's next on the horizon. I don't know. Maybe we have news of a trade coming up soon. Of course, if anything drops, you will see us on this feed. Um, I want to get into a rhythm maybe every Friday. It's hard in this part of the offseason because not a lot's happening. So the more reports and speculation that happens, the more we'll be on this feed. I do want to get in a consistent rhythm, uh, bring on some guests, talk about the offseason, whatever the case is. Got big plans for the offseason, hopefully. And, you know, just no basketball games. I mean, watch the playoffs, of course. I think it's the Nets all the way. But who knows? Maybe they lose to the Bucks game seven. Whoever wins that series is going to win the title, let's be honest. Um, let's be Giannis. Um, but watch some basketball if you want. Watch the Dodgers. If you're a Laker fan, you're probably a Dodger fan. Dodgers rebounding. Bad, you know, bad stretch there. But they're playing better baseball. The Giants are just insane. They're on fire, so the Dodgers can't catch them. Um yeah, get ready for the football season. I don't know. It's weird not having any, any Laker basketball to watch. Definitely going to be a hole in my, you know, every other day, every two days, you know, from 7 to 10 or, you know, if they're on the road, whatever time. So it's going to be interesting. In the meantime, go Lakers.